0: My name is Chelsea Fairless and I'm Lauren
1: Garoni and welcome to this month's Patreon episode, Sex in the City 2.
0: It's so good to see you. It's lovely to see you as well. You're like the best mirage I've ever had. (laughs) Can you have a mirage? Isn't like a mirage... A delusional state? Yes. Yes, a mirage is a delusional state, but is that the correct way to phrase that? It is on Patreon (laughs) when I know that our listeners aren't going to narc us out. This is the best mirage I've ever seen makes sense. This is the best mirage I've ever had?
1: Yeah, you know, that must be a John Corbett ad lib because Daddy MPK would never dare to write such a line.
0: So before we discuss this film in scarily granular detail, I wanted to know, generally speaking, what is your biggest takeaway from watching it this time? How long has it been since you've seen this? Because I think I've seen it more recently than you.
1: Yeah, in its entirety, I probably have not seen it since the film came out, and I have to what I've seen parts of it, but like from beginning to end,
0: I haven't done that to myself, I think since the theater. Really? See, I've seen it beginning to end, I'd say five times at this point. Wow. Well, I have- I couldn't tell you why, but I have. I have to say, in a post-In Just Like That world, shockingly enough,
1: I didn't mind this movie. Okay, how? How is that possible? You know why? Because at least we have Samantha. At least there's an attempt to have fun. There's no sadness. Miranda likes having her child and she likes fucking Steve. It turns out I miss that.
0: (laughs) No, I hear you. It has some things going for it. It definitely uh, is escapist, for better or for worse. Look- It turns out that I miss the casual
1: racism of Sex and the City compared to it being falsely woke, as it is isn't In Just Like
0: That. I don't know if it's missing it, but God, it's shocking every time I watch this. You know, it's like the opposite of a fine wine aging. It's more like a moisturizer slowly rotting over time or something. Like it just gets worse and worse, I think.
1: They could have gone to Europe, okay? We still have yet to see them in Paris. They could have gone to Australia. Did it have to be the Middle East?
0: Yeah, I know. I think this central flaw in Sex in the City 2 is the assumption that taking these four very brash American women out of their element and into a more conservative culture would be funny. And it just wasn't funny. But I can get the thought process because that's basically the premise of the Sister Act, Right. Like you can see where Daddy MPK might have thought, oh, this is just going to be really funny playing with this tension, but it just played into so many stereotypes about the Middle East that it just didn't work. Also, Cynthia Nixon was forced to say Abu dhabi do And that... <laughs> That was a crime against humanity.
1: Now, what you're saying is interesting because if you remember when the film was about to come out, the idea was that maybe Big had lost all of his money. And if Carrie had to hide in a nunnery because of Big's (laughs) financial crimes, better movie, I dare say. (laughs)
0: For sure. Kim Cattrall's character is not that dissimilar to Whoopi Goldberg's in what, what was her name? Dolores Van Cartier. Wow. I love that. That seems like the kind of movie that I've seen like 20 times and you've seen once. Twice.
1: Do you think that in the Sex and the City extended universe, where does this
0: rank? Higher than and just like that or lower than and just like that? I think it's lower than in Just Like That. There's elements of it that I enjoy. I enjoy the fashion. I enjoy how over the top it is. But it did lose its heart, its soul in the second film.
1: Oh, there's a certain point in this film you can see Kim (laughs) Cattrall's soul literally leave her body and just be like, Kim, we can't do this anymore.
0: I know. I was watching this and thinking about her speech at that variety luncheon. And I was like, should we make some sort of edit where we edit like no I'm not going to scream I have sex in front of a crowd of angry men in a spice market
1: no I will not allow my Birkin to be broken Samantha worked so hard for that
0: (sighs) no I will not allow a very surfacey, boring menopause plotline be the only significant thing that happens to my character in this film.
1: No, I won't let a background extra ask if I'm Miley Cyrus's mom because we're wearing the same dress. <sighs> no, I won't put a suppository up my vagina during- <laughs> in an office climate.
0: No, I will not be uh, fucked on the hood of a car while Cindy Lauper plays.
1: They act like fucking in public is a freedom that only Americans have. It's like, it's illegal here too.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Shall we go back to the beginning? Sure. So once upon a long time ago, there was an island. Oh God. Some Dutch, some Indians, and, and some, some beads. beads. And those beads led to steamboats and skyscrapers. How? What the fuck? (laughs) She kind (laughs) of skips over about 300 years. Wall Street, electric lights, newspapers, Ellis Island, the Yankees, Central Park, the first World Fair, Broadway, the the Chrysler Building, Studio 54... I like to think of that as New York City BC before Carrie. Well,
1: this is this is very <laughs> Carrie to put herself before everything else. New York didn't really begin until Tuesday, June 11th, 1986 at approximately 3:30 p.m.
0: Should we be celebrating this like a national <laughs> holiday? <laughs>
1: Look, I forgot what a chokehold Alicia Keys' Empire State of Mind Mm. had on the culture in the
0: 2010s. Totally, but we should note that Jay-Z was not in this version of the song that was playing behind Carrie's demented monologue that... You know, I hate to slander Daddy MPK, but like, he could have done another pass on this.
1: And also, it's over this B-roll of New York Cityscapes, which to me, B-roll of any city is just automatically a red flag when it comes to a film.
0: Yeah. Also, the fact that in 2010, they used the term Indian, not like American Indian or indigenous person, it just seems kind of insane. But there was so much going on that I don't think anyone really noticed that. And then it just got so much more problematic.
1: I don't even remember that this was the opening of the film because what I remember opening the film is the montage where they finally explain how all of these characters met. And I got to tell you, quite like making a solo film about a young Han Solo, I don't need to know how these characters met, especially if you're going to make them meet in ways that I'm like, well, that certainly didn't happen.
0: (laughs) See, I love this, and I think this is the best part of the whole movie.
1: So you wanted a prequel with these characters. At least this is
0: fun. I get that it's a little weird because they're at their current ages and playing people (laughs) that are 30 years younger. Yeah, and de-aging technology wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Carrie moved to New York dressing like Jennifer Beals in Flash Dance and then evolved into Madonna. Within the span of a year, by 1987,
1: she has met Charlotte on a subway when a homeless man dropped his pants.
0: Yeah. I love that their origin story is a shared sexual assault. (sighs)
1: <sighs> is that sexual harassment technically? It depends on what direction it's he was- It's technically sexual assault. Depends on what direction he was dropping his pants in, I guess. I still kind of can't believe that Charlotte, even in her 20s, would be taking a subway, but sure.
0: Yeah, her Reeboks look just too white for that. <laughs> or wait, no, that's Miranda. No, I feel like she was also wearing sneakers. I always- She was probably wearing Keds or something. Yeah. Miranda looks amazing. This was genius.
1: This is the one I I believe in their meeting, although it's hard for me to believe that she met Miranda last, I guess. They don't really establish what year Carrie and Samantha m- met, but we'll get into that in a second. But yes, this is the most legit thing ever, that Carrie was working in the dress section of Bloomingdale's and found Miranda crying in a dressing room.
0: I think I cried in a Bloomingdale's dressing room the first time I tried on a Diane von Furstenberg wrap dress.
1: Uh, yes, for those who don't know this about Chelsea, she has a, a, a long time hatred rivalry with the DVF wrap dress. It's just
0: the myth that it's universally flattering that I take issue with.
1: <laughs> it's universally flattering for women that look like Dionne Von Furstenberg, or yeah. I'm sorry, Dionne.
0: Yes, or Sarah Jessica Parker, or whatever. But I wonder what the size range even is these days for that dress.
1: Were they the original Brandy Melville? <laughs> darling it's on that would be size. so fucked
0: up it's one size and it's it's sarah jessica parker sized.
1: okay and this is the most egregious which is that carrie met samantha when samantha was a bartender at cbgb's i don't believe for a second that samantha had a punk face do i believe that samantha fucked a punk guy
0: absolutely yeah there's no way a punk ages into being a woman like samantha Also, you could have picked Dan Sateria. Yeah, the reality of this situation is that she would have been a door girl. She would have been like Connie Fleming or Diane Brill. She would have modeled in an early Thierry Mugler fashion show. That would be her vibe. It's just such an odd choice. Well, also, she would never like the music. That's the biggest thing. Carrie would never be at CBGB's i think carrie would have would go to cbgb's once but i don't think samantha would ever work there be a punk listen to punk blondie maybe but that's not punk punk
1: we strike this from the record daddy mpk we're sorry this is not canon (laughs) we're sorry that we had to cut that off but if you like what you just heard and want to listen to the full episode go to patreon.com every outfit